Episode 132 of Canada's Pinball Podcast, your source for weekly pinball news and interviews with the people who make the pinball industry so amazing. And we're going to continue our streak of incredible interviews. And I am also just really thrilled to talk to this individual on episode 132. It's no other than Jarrett from Stern Pinball. Uh, you all know Jarrett. Jarrett was a hyper fan on Pinside for a long time. He's sort of like the world's greatest geek. And when uh, he's like into everything I'm into. He's into everything like most nerds are into. Everything from Ninja Turtles to Transformers to pinball to Star Wars to movies to cars. Um, but he's not just into these things. He understands the power of social media and the power of getting your word out there using all the different channels and mediums that are available. And he's got lots of really cool clients. I see him on Facebook every day. He's telling me I'm going to go get some free Hooters soon. Uh, he's sharing with me great Facebook live videos from car meetups. Uh, he's He got the Dallas Cowboys to give him the stadium to have Nerf battles in. I mean, who who can do that? Um, Jared. Jared. And Jared, Jared's, you know, I consider him a personal friend, I, I, and I think he's really... Um, a, a very valuable member of the pinball world. And, and I'll explain why. Um, because a lot of what drives people crazy in pinball is the distance between the hobbyist and the manufacturers, right? And a lot of the diehard hobbyists, they're on pin side and they're, they're arguing amongst each other every day. They're talking about pinball and they care a lot about pinball. And they don't normally get enough information from the manufacturers to satiate the volume of conversation these guys want to have around pinball, right? These guys want to talk like every minute, every hour about pinball. Um, and Stern, you know, Stern is an old pinball company. They've been around for decades. Uh, they've been around before the internet. And so as um, we move into the 21st century and social media is blowing up and more and more companies are realizing the power to use social media, not only to uh, energize their fan bases, but to sell new products, to tell the stories of, of their brand. Um, it's great that Stern has partnered with Jarrett. Now, he's been on board for a little over a couple years. And, you know, it's a work in progress. Everybody knows this. Like, it's, it's hard to figure out how to market pinball to pinball fanatics, right? Because on one level, uh, the, the diehard people, they, they almost will buy anything uh, the way they just need new pinball. You know, pinball to them is like, it's like, it's like a drug and they need their next fix. Um, but there's also a huge pinball player and collector and hobbyist world out there that isn't on pin side, right? That people who, there, more people don't know about Star Wars pinball than do know about Star Wars pinball, right? And a lot of people will find out about Star Wars pinball for the first time uh, right now. They'll see it on IGN. They'll see it on Facebook uh, when Stern promotes it uh, out into the world. And those people will be excited and they're not 
they haven't been waiting for it for months, even years, like like pinball fanatics wait. Um, and Jared's going to help, you know, Stern move into an era where transparency and learning about the games and learning about the people behind the games, you know, only adds to the excitement of pinball and only adds to the desire to uh, to own these products. And on this podcast in particular, too, I've had the pleasure of talking to George Gomez, uh, Christopher Franchi, Zombie Yeti, uh, Jersey Jack. Uh, and when we talk to the people who are behind the games, I really do think it gives a lot of you out there more insight into what went into making the game. Um, and it also puts a lot of people's minds at ease because when you hear the story behind a game, you often let go of a lot of the speculation and rumors and whatnot. And, I, and, and you'll listen to our conversation and you'll hear me uh, ask Jared to sort of to continue to open up a little bit of the story behind the Stern games and let us in a little bit more because I think the more we know... Um, the further our enjoyment goes with these games. Uh, and I think that the interview I did with the Jack is, is testament to that. Uh, I'm, I, I, look, this podcast, I don't advertise it. I don't promote it. I don't have any sponsored anything. Uh, over 1,700 people have listened to the interview with Jersey Jack. Now, that, that's an incredible number for me. I mean, it's almost like a 70% increase in people listening to Jack talk about his company, about Dialed In. And so this is a great medium to tell the story uh, of these companies and these products and these brands. And I hope that more people from Stern join the show. Um, I'm glad that Jared came on. And, and keep in mind, Jared is a, he is a, a client of Stern's, right? He's not a Stern employee. So there's only so much he could tell me. Uh, and, you know, I ask him some of the tough questions. Uh, but, you know, look, I appreciate him coming on. And I think for those of you out there who have felt sort of burned by some of Stern's social media approaches, if you've been banned by Stern's Facebook page for saying nasty stuff, um, all you got to do is go to Jared and work something out. I mean, Stern is a company that cares and they care a lot. And we hear this all the time. Stern doesn't care. Stern's doing this. Stern's doing that. I know Stern cares, all right? Stern might make marketing moves that upset certain people, and we talk about that, you know, pulling items out of limited edition machines, um, but they care, and decisions Stern makes, um, those are decisions that, you know, I don't always agree with all of them, I don't, but what I will say is this, Stern gets pinball machines out. Whenever I've put money on a Stern machine, Stern has delivered. Stern gives us, all right, on a frequent basis, three to four incredible pinball machines a year based on some of the most incredible properties and licenses out there. And they're going to keep going. They have never burned anyone. They've never sort of taken your money and never got you a game. If we look at the pinball hobby around Stern, uh, it's kind of a disaster. There's just a couple other manufacturers out there that have sort of got it together. But everyone else, the highways, the Dutches, all this other sort of floundering and people losing money and people hating the hobby, man, you've got to look at the full picture and appreciate what Stern Pinball does do for pinball. Because imagine just one thing. If Stern Pinball went away tomorrow, where would we be? 
there would be no Canada's Pinball Podcast. There really would be no pin side conversation going on. I mean, how long could you talk about Funhouse before you want to blow your head off, right? So Stern is the future of pinball. Stern is shepherding the competition with them. As long as there's a Stern, there will be a Jersey Jack. As long as there's a Stern, there will be a Spooky. There will be opportunities for others to come in and find the white space. Um, but, you know, I just don't think anyone's ever going to even come close to being at the size of Stern and, and producing games uh, at that volume and, and, and even be able to get that many great licenses going out. Um, so it's a great time to be in it. And I'm excited to air this interview with Jarrett. Um, and we look forward to playing Star Wars. I know a lot of you guys, like we've got a lot of opinions. And look, I personally, I, I'm still not sold on Star Wars. I'm still not sold. I, I, I don't know if I see the Star Wars universe that I wanted to under glass. But I have... I have Star Wars ordered. I'm going to go in on it, and I hope it plays, and I hope it's as fun uh, as, as, um, as it should be, considering the theme and how much expectations we have around it. So look, not everything Stern does is amazing, um, but Stern will keep doing it, and that's, that's, that's life. And you have a decision to buy it or not buy it. But I just am very thankful that Stern is around because they give us that opportunity to make those decisions. And everyone else out there, for the most part, has made those decisions very stressful, very anxious, very frustrating. Um, but Stern, they're going to deliver. And you're going to listen. We, we say this. Star Wars LE will probably be in people's homes in July. That's incredible. In July, LEs are going to be shipping. So that's awesome. Without further ado... Let me give you Jarrett from Stern. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let me welcome to Canada's Pinball Podcast a, a very, very special guest. Someone, again, from within the walls of the world's biggest pinball manufacturer. But not just that. This man does epic things all the time. He brings barbecue sauce back to... Uh, <laughs> what, what, what was it? Was It, it wasn't... What brand was it? It was Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A. He brought it back. He has. He got the Dallas Cowboys to give him the stadium to do Nerf battles in. He's yeah. had the Ninja Turtles Vanilla Ice at his birthday party. No other than yep. Jared from Stern. Everyone knows your name, Jared. So I want to wow. welcome you to his Pinball Podcast. Thank you very much. Honor to be on the show. Is and this my first time on the show? This is this is your first time on wow. Canada's Pinball Podcast. Well, you've come a, you've come a long way. I know. I've actually I broke a record a week ago, and we'll talk a little bit about Jersey Jack. But his podcast has actually gotten, I think, almost seventeen hundred listens, which is amazing. He's past George Gomez. We have to get George back on one day soon to so that's, reclaim. That's, that's your most listened to uh, episode so far. It, it is. It is, and I think oh, it hit man. at a, an interesting time because uh, dialed in is ready to ship. So we'll, we'll talk about the competition, but but Jared, what I what I want to talk about on this episode, sure, is is pinball in general, is your role at Stern, uh, oh. and marketing and how marketing applies to pinball, and I think it's a really <laughs> interesting topic. Oh yeah, see it's 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 so interesting, and I love uh, you know I'm I'm a marketing nerd, so you know I get into it, I, I love the ideas of it, I pay attention to billboards. Um, you know, I, I love to, you know, watch commercials and check out the pre-rolls and stuff on YouTube because I just, I just geek out on how all the different marketing people around the, the planet try to come up with ideas to get people to buy stuff. I think it's interesting. Right. And, and, and let's start there too, right? So you're, so Jared, you are like, 
you're like a hype man. Like I, I follow you on Facebook. We talk all the time. You're you're working for Hooters. You're working for all these other yeah. know, companies where you help drum up <clears throat> excitement for products and brands. And you're you know you. I, I, you're like me on crack. Like you, 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 you love toys, you love cars, but you don't just yeah. love these things. You then broadcast your passion for these things across yeah. social media. And let's talk about social media and its relationship to pinball. Let's start there because I know you're you're deep in both worlds, and those two yeah. worlds are like worlds apart when it, when you think about pinball and using social media to get yeah. people excited about pinball. Yeah, it's you know when you when you, when you take a I don't know the stereotypical cross section of a uh, of a pinball player, they don't always line up with the stereotypical cross section of an avid social media user. So there there's obviously some overlap, but um, you know when I came into this two and a half years ago, um, you know the vast majority of uh, any discussion and uh, you know ideas and planning around pinball-related anything seemed to happen on forums or deep in the thresholds of some hidden Facebook group, you know? Right. And in the last, uh, you know, 24 months especially, and not just from Stern, from everybody, you've seen a whole lot more social media presence and a whole lot more embracement of a variety of social media channels from YouTube to, uh, to Instagram to whatever. And um, it's just really interesting to see now how integrated you know, something like Facebook is for um, all the pinball manufacturers. And of course, you know, Stern, uh, we're, we're always looking to, you know, lead the way. So, you know, we, we broke that. They, they they realized that, you know, this is an opportunity that we need to dedicate resources to. And um, there wasn't a lot of um, people on site that could dedicate the time needed uh, for such a big project. So they reached out to see if I'd be the guy. Uh, and I'm the guy. And I'm still right. the guy, you know, I, you know, I see people, uh, post online sometimes like, where's Jared, you know, where did he go? Is he even, does he work for Stern anymore? And yeah, I'm still, at least as of the time of this podcast, <laughs> right. I'm still, right. I'm still, still with the you're, company. You're still in. Okay. So, so talk to me about, you know, what it's like taking a company like Stern who, you know, works in an industry that developed and flourished well before social media yeah. And what it, what it was like chipping away and getting them to understand the value and the power of using social media, and and what when you when you when you came into the role, like did you assess like how they were using it, or like guys, like I know the big thing that you know people always talk about is like I said something negative and I got kicked off of Facebook on yeah. Stern's page and it's like that's not social media guys you got to be able to go on the New York Jets page and be like the Jets suck this week and you can't keep yeah. your fans out so what was it like well you know um so you know you you said you know me getting them to recognize the value uh you know I want to be clear to say that I, I think they've always recognized the value I think they I think they've always you know realized um the value and the power of it I think w the realization was that we don't have time to dedicate to this with the current manpower. So we need to bring someone in, um, you know, to, to sort of, uh, you know, wrap their hand, their, their hands around it and see what they could do with it. So, um, and it has been slow, um, slow and steady because, you know, Stern has been around a long time. It's, you know, there's, there's only, uh, uh, what, who Shelly, Shelly Sachs, 
and um, I'm trying to think. There's a couple. They'll, they'll kill me for not remembering, but there's a handful, and I mean a handful of people who have been with the company since uh, 1986, and everyone else has come later. Right. You know, including including some of the uh, you know uh, what we call like the executive management. Um, everyone has come on at different times. So, you know, Gary and uh, and his team that he's assembled, and people have come and gone over the years. They've they have their way of doing things, and they've they've figured out how to you know make pinball machines and make them make them great. And of everybody who's ever made pinball machines, they're they were the last one standing for a long time. So, um, but with that said, they always want to embrace you know latest and greatest new stuff and push forward. And uh, and so they're not shying away from social media. But um, but to touch on your point about you know banning people for saying something negative, um, you know I think that. I think that, you know, in the past we have been heavy handed and I think that, um, you know, you have seen some people that just got, you know, insta bans, but, you know, uh, from the outside looking in, I thought, wow, how short sighted, you know, they, uh, maybe they shouldn't do that. But then once I get in the other side of the curtain, I'm looking and seeing, well, some of that was because, um, when you don't ban someone who's problematic, now you need to engage with that person. You need right. to respond to them. You know, you need to spend some time and energy. And like we, like we said, we established that there wasn't the resources for that. So me coming in was supposed to fill that role. That's, that's my role is to maybe not insta ban somebody, but instead to, um, see what their criticism is or see what, or, or, or see what's going on and respond. And I will say that when somebody has a criticism, or um, something that they need to bring up and they want to talk about, that does not earn them an instant ban on our Facebook uh, today. Um, however, if someone's coming on, they're being absolutely nasty or unprofessional or just going straight up rated R or cussing or just just being slanderous, then yeah, then there's just not a place for that right. on our social media channel. You know, so it's like there's a, there's a right way to bring up negativity. Right. And there's a right way to ask for things, and and when those people do it the right way, hey, they they will they they will remain access. Right. But I'll uh, let, let me also say too, if people ask politely to come back, if they've been removed for whatever reason, uh, we've reinstated plenty of people. They just need to ask. All right. Well, there there you go, listener. If you if you're one of those people who are banned, hit up Jared and say, you know what, I'm going to behave a little bit better. And I think, look. I think they're, to your point, right, and I used to work at a social media agency and we used to do community management, which when I started a few years ago, we had a rule that we had to respond to every comment within 10 minutes. And it was like, mm. it was kind of like slave labor a little bit. We, you know, yeah. we're just like always tied to it. And, and we did manage pages for like the New York Jets and we, we managed certain, certain pages have really passionate communities and pinball is one of them you know i'd also yeah. manage the page for like cheez it's and we never really got a lot of <laughs> you know anger i coming. like cheez it's yeah there was never a lot of anger coming on there um yeah. but i think you know let we're going to talk about how the forums and how mm -hmm. people can like overreact and let's let's start in the present day right because i'm curious to talk about Star Wars rollout. And I know everybody is. As we, we can't talk about pinball marketing without talking about the most current and probably the biggest release in Stern's history. And I know Star Wars marketing is probably challenging for you too, Jared, because there's just a lot people don't know about what sure. it's like to work with a big license like Disney That's and Lucas. Right. Um, what, what has it been like rolling out Star Wars and sort of as much as you can tell us? Right. Um, so, so, you know, of course, you know, going into this, you have to understand there's only so much I can say. 
you know, there's only so much um, that I can say or that is professional to to even bring up. Um, but I do read comments. In fact, it's my job to read them. So um, I can't say if anyone else at Stern reads every comment like I do. I know that there's plenty of people in the company who will look in on comments here or there or whatever the case is as time allots. But for me specifically, one of my roles literally is to keep up with everything. So um, whomever in Chicago might call me and ask for a status update or, you know, hey, what's the pulse? What's what are you feeling? You know, is there anything that stuck out? So I, I'm, I'm the median. You know, I'm the I'm the buffer in between uh, a, a big part of the pinball community and uh, and senior management. So um, with that said, I've read a lot of comments, you know, of course, uh, so much negativity about they should have done this. Why didn't they do this? Oh, they, they really missed an opportunity with this. And, you know, man, the, the people, the people in the marketing department at Stern, uh, they're not stupid. And uh, there's some there's some great, great talent there that's got a laundry list on LinkedIn that would just blow you away with the the project they've worked on, the things that they've done. Um, when you see something that maybe isn't like you'd imagine it would be or is not like how you think it should be, it's a more reasonable explanation to assume that maybe we couldn't um, or weren't allowed to or um, wasn't as easy to do it that way. Um, there are several versions of uh, – rolling out the game that had been passed along that I saw that were kicked around and stuff. And, um, at the end of the day, what ended up happening was, uh, what happened. So, you know, we, 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 a lot like a designer, you know, in their first stage of presenting a game might present a version that the public never sees because of, uh, the bill of materials or whatever the case is. Um, they have to, you know, rearrange things, take things out, you know, move things around in the game or whatever. It's the same thing with marketing. You know, we might have a, you know, here's our phase one original idea with all the glitter and gold and polish on it. And you're like, ta-da, here's our idea. And then right. we have to we have to send that off most of the time to California, some office in California, depending who we're working with. And then it comes back and, you know, sometimes it's this way and sometimes it's that way. But, um, you know, uh, I've, I've <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to be so careful here. I don't want to. I don't want to get in trouble with anything because uh, right. you know, and, all, all of our partners are so valuable. Obviously, right. they're so valuable. And, and we know you guys want – you know, look, it's – I think people realize I and mean, when they saw it with even when we when Game of Thrones came out and HBO and, and Disney yeah. and there's, there's, there's definitely different licensors that, you know, they're very protective over their IPs for – and those are always the big IPs. <laughs> you know, it's – Of course. You know, no one really cares what you do. And there's – there's not really much of a bigger IP than Star Wars. No. There, there's only a handful. If there was a a list of IPs, Star Wars would be at the very front of the line of the of the of the A list of IPs. It's one of the hottest uh, IPs on the planet or in history. Right. Period. You know. So let me. So ob- obviously, right. it's a, it's a big deal, and as much red tape as you can imagine, there is all of that and more. Right. Let me ask you a question, sort of slash suggestion. So, a lot of the conversation, <laughs> right? A lot of the, a lot of the, a lot of the conversation, obviously, with how Star Wars was released, started yep. with the artwork, right? And it, I know yeah. it's probably frustrating to be like, "Oh, great, we've got low res artwork as the first introduction," <laughs> and everyone's like yeah. scrutinizing it, saying it's not hand drawn, and it is hand drawn, but it you can't see it close enough. Um, 
when when we talked to Christopher Franchi on this show, he really gave a lot of valuable and awesome information and awesome stories just about the creation of the Batman 66 game, right? And and I think transparency sometimes, right? To a, to a, to an extent, um, do you think there would be a time where we would be able to hear from from the individuals at Stern, maybe Greg, you know, Greg Ferris, maybe I, I'm trying to get Steve on. I'd love to get Greg on the yeah. show, but t- tell him the story of what it was working with Lucas and with Disney on creating the art package. Um, you know, those sometimes just hearing it like this, this is what we had to work with. I don't think people are going to be like, what? Like you shouldn't have done star Wars then. Like it's star Wars. Right. Like, you know, you, 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 I think, I, th- I think that's definitely a conversation that'll happen. But it's going to happen at like, you know, a fireside chat at Expo 2019. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's not it's not the kind of conversation that anyone inside the company is going to be ready or willing to have when we're still right in the middle of the rollout when the games haven't even shipped to customers yet. You know, sure. right right now is the very tip top of the hype train for Star Wars. It's all about Star Wars right now. So, right. you know, peeling back the curtain on the creative process on some decisions and stuff be you know, before anyone's even seen the game in public. Um, I, I just, I couldn't foresee anything that happened like that this year, but I do think there's, there, there of course will be a time and a day, you know, sort of like, you know, uh, I saw at the Texas Pinball Festival this year, uh, Greg Ferris and uh, Dennis Norman telling like every possible secret and nook and cranny about making their Elvira game. Right, right. You know, so, so when enough time passes, these, you know, designers will be pulling out the Polaroids and the cell phone pictures and, you know, telling what they talked around, you know, this night and that night. And they'll, every single little detail will end up coming out. But it's just, you know, w- when things are still very active and very fresh and very current, I think that sometimes you can, you know, like, right. and, and it really just depends on the licensor. Right. Um, but we're, I think we're kind of dealing with the biggest licensor in the world. Right. So... So right. it's, a, it's it's a really it's a colossal deal honestly it's a colossal deal and and I think too right the you guys know this better than anyone and you know this personally better than anyone that the pinball fanatic the the, the hyper user on pin side like these guys like yeah. they lose they lose their minds even though they've just ordered four of them you know it's like it's 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 and as a marketing you know so if marketing's goal is to sell um what is the feeling of do we even need to bother with these diehards who will buy everything we put out? Um, yeah, I, you know, I, th- I think there is. I don't think that we take any of the sales for granted, you know. So, um, you know, we have had great luck um, to to generally sell out of, um, you know, every limited edition for every game we put out. Um, I can only think of one in the last two years that we didn't completely sell out of, but um, that's neither here nor there. Um, so I don't think we should ever take the sales for granted. Um, I think that a customer always has a choice of where to spend their money. And, you know, every game that we're sell, we're, we, we sell, we're super thankful for that. And the collector community, uh, is super important to Stern. It's one of the, one of the three legs of the stool that, uh, Gary talks about in his, uh, in his speeches all the time near you know, the collector community. That's why we have the limited edition machines. Um, and it's something that we embrace to the tune of, 400 600 800 1000 units depending on the title and that's 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 a lot of money you know it's it's a it's a big deal so um and 50 percent of the business um and you guys can believe this or not but i've seen the boxes and i've talked to the people and 50 percent of a business is outside of the united states 
50 and, um, really 50, so that's yeah. accurate that's accurate yeah, that's, there's like yeah. i mean it might be 47 or 51 or whatever but yeah it's it's i mean it's about well, yeah, 50 talk, percent if, if you talk Sho- to, it's shocking right but it's true if you talk to dutch pinball these days those whether 51 percent is a big difference from 47 percent of ownership no um i digress but so half them do go overseas right so this no, really this notion or, or, of like well, canada 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 also counts so okay. if it not overseas. Some of them will but, go, you know, north of the border. But yeah, outside the United States. Okay. Absolutely. So the about fifty percent of the games we make. So it is accurate that when a limited edition comes out, that half of them will go outside of the United Approx- States. Approximately. Okay. Yes. No, it's good. It helps me if I want to flip a game on eBay to be like, there's only going to be four hundred <laughs> in America. Well, yeah. So yeah. So for example, in the case of Star Wars, there's eight hundred units. Um, you could pretty well guess that about four hundred of them. Are not in the United States. You know, they'll be, they'll be. You know, um, they'll have different different regulators in the back of them, and uh, different. They'll come with different plugs. Right. Um, it's it's just it's just cool. It's cool the, the the demand and you know pinball is growing all over the place, but it's it's growing in places like uh, Norway and Finland and um, Switzerland and Germany and Australia, uh, especially Australia. But there's there's a there's just all this great growth going right. on all over the place but we're so lucky in the united states because we still have access to the used games right so you know um from a collector's point of view you know we could still find great craigslist deals um or you know uh dealer deals or or deals with friends and stuff we can go to shows and buy games for you know cash money and bring them home man some of these guys in australia or, or different foreign countries the games are gone because because yeah. what ha- what happened is nobody wanted them uh, for a few years there in the early two thousands, and they were boxing them up in crates, um, shipping crates, and shipping them back here for flat rate by the boatload back to the United States. So there's a ton of games here that have like you know French coin doors or whatever on them, and um, we took all their games. <laughs> so <laughs> so it's real expensive to love pinball right outside the United States, but despite that, they still love it anyways. Oh yeah, my friends in Australia pay a fortune and. And those guys are crazy too. So they, they know exactly how many all, Star Wars LEDs are coming Australians over. Australians are a little crazy. But, yeah. Um, but that's why we love them. Um, yeah. They're great. So the Australian people. Have you? I mean, seriously, honest. Have you ever met an Australian person that wasn't a blast to hang out with? Never. I have Not, to say every that. time. They're all nice. Every, every you, time. They're every, really when nice. The weather's good, and you're by the beach. I mean, what's yeah. the what's to be angry about? Um, let's talk a little bit about Star Wars marketing and, and some of the questions I've been reading on the forum, right? Just for the listener of the show. Go ahead. So let's talk about when we talk about the collectors and giving people the limited editions. And then there's a lot of people that are just like Stern's yanking stuff out of the LE yeah. and, you know, and, and charging a little bit more and they're like stuff like the, there's no real mirrored backlash. like it was in aerosmith now it's office of star wars and then it's there's no shaker motor they have the new non-reflective glass it's not included like wh- yeah I, you know how do you guys juggle that balancing act between staying profitable but giving people their value and because the prices of these games are getting pretty high and, and people's expectations of what will come in those packages is aligned with with the the cost of these machines now so what are your thoughts do you feel like the well we're taking a little bit too much out or well in in this case i I could only give thoughts because you know i I have to sort of remind the listener that i'm a contractor you know um happily working for stern now for more than two years but i'm not on site i'm not in chicago i'm not in the office 
Um, I'm not seven days a week nonstop like everyone else is. You know, I'm, you know, uh, Stern is um, in my collection of uh, of clients that I deal with. But but so putting on that hat, um, there's only so much information I have access to. So right. I'm I'm a little bit unique in the Stern in the company because I still get to look at it from the outside like you guys sometimes too. Literally, because I'm in Dallas, Texas, <laughs> so so everyone else at Stern is in Chicago inside the building every day. So they have a lot more of an intimate understanding. So I think the question that you just asked me is a lot more of a George Gomez type of question. So so in terms of me answering it, 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 it you'd have to go almost into more theoretical territory. Sure. So but so let me just say, like I get it. I understand that. You know, when you look at a game like uh, Star Trek LE that had a laser in the apron and uh, LEDs in the laser cut armor and a mirrored backlash and lights in the head. Um, and it just was just ridiculous, you know, then you almost think, well, okay, so that's what an LE is, right? It has all this stuff, but then the next LE might be totally different or, you know, and might, might or might not have this feature or might or might not have this feature, um, on Ghostbusters LE, um, it had side armor, but then later we sold, uh, you know, laser cut side armor as an upgrade. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the things you saw is, well, why not just give it? Why not just give it to us? Why not just put that? Not, not put the accessory armor on their stock, you know, um, because you're already putting armor on there. Why don't you just put the cool armor in there? So, uh, I, I read all that, and I, I have to admit that even I don't really understand the process of why this game might have a shaker and why this one won't, and why this one has a mirrored backlash and why this one doesn't. Um, here's what I do know for sure. Um, you know, pinball died, um, on account of several major manufacturers in the nineties and nearly stern, nearly stern, but not quite, not enough. And, um, it's because it wasn't profitable, you know? So that's, this is the big part that everyone forgets about. No one really wants to talk about is that like pinball was on the absolute brink of death and maybe extinction. And Gary stuck around and trudged it out and, uh, you know, basically clawed and clawed. And we got all the way to this point. And, and at some point, you know, smart people who understand business and understand everything, look at everything and say, OK, well, how can we make a fantastic product that we can make an X amount of time for X amount of money that we could profit X amount of money on? Um, so we can build this company and, and most importantly, keep it around forever so we can keep pinball alive forever. So does that, that mean that for the sake of pinball going on forever, Star Wars doesn't have a mirrored backlash? I, I don't know. I really, I, I don't know. I can't, I can't answer that question. Um, it's, it's a, it's a tough one. You know, I, I will say that, you know, I think that, uh, the LE game, should be the coolest one. And I, and I think that all, all the designers agree with that too. That's why they, you know, they, they try to put the, the best of this or the best of this or the, the best artwork and everything. But then when you put the game out in public, somebody might say, well, I like the premium artwork better. Well, that back glass is better than this back glass. Well, so they, they quickly made the decision, um, on the limited edition of star Wars. They said, well, Hey, we're get, we'll give you all three. Right. <laughs> so, Hey, whichever one you like, pop hey, it in. Right. You know, so and that's that's kind of a you know, that's kind of a cool move. I, right. I, I I dig that. But, you know, I don't I don't know a lot about the mechanics of the decision of why, because honestly, what our, our next game out, whatever it is, um, it may or may not have those features that you talked about. Right. And uh, 
I just don't know enough about the the process to to really comment officially on it. I'm sorry. Right. Well, yeah, and look at at the end of the day, there there is a point too where it is what it is. You know, like here's yeah. the LE. Do you want it or do you not? And sure. uh, people want it. I mean, I, I've been hearing stories that it is almost impossible to get a Star Wars LE at the current time. We all know that the distributor list were were, were very very deep. That if you tried to get one a week ago, good luck. Um, and I don't think, you know, a lot of people, will, uh, it's funny because I'm pissed yeah, that a lot same. of people, they'll be like, oh, I'm bailing on the LE going premium. They're, they're not. <laughs> I keep asking my distributors and I'm well, friends with, with a lot of them. I'm like, some people might drop off, but for the most part, right. a lot of the big distributors, you know, they've got list 50, 60 people long for an LE and they're like, yeah, one guy right. got off the list, but I've got 40 people wanting on. So, and if somebody, yeah, if somebody says that they're off, there's somebody not on the forum that you'll that you don't know who their screen name is or who they're at, and they're in, right. you know. And, and you know, don't underestimate you know the power of uh, this IP and its you know its uh, global popularity. Right. You know, there's a lot of people out there that this will be their very first pinball machine they have ever bought. Um, and it's going to be a limited edition and they'll never post pictures of it on Facebook and they'll never share pictures of it on a forum and it'll go in a house that you'll never be, walk into and see. And there it is. There's right. one of the 800 in the world is gone, you know? So, uh, these games, you know, I, I, I did hear that. I did hear some feedback, you know, out of Chicago about, um, sales and they said they're very, very happy with, right. uh, with the way things are going. It's been a great week, a lot of phone calls, um, a lot, a lot of great things going on. So, in, ter- in the ter- terms of the sales, um, you know, I don't, you know, you read what you read, but the game's doing great. Right. Game's being great. And and what are the, and what's the ultimate barometer of the success of a game other than how many are we selling? Right. Well, I think the challenge too from, you know, when we look and then you do this and I do this and we we you you look at it through the lens of the consumer, right? You look at it through the lens of the enthusiasts. And that's what makes you successful at social media is you have to do that. Like you help companies understand how consumers are feeling and thinking. And that's, yeah. that's what social media does. It creates a bridge between company and, and Stern, consumer. And Stern cares. Right. You know, and, and you'll hear this. Oh, Stern doesn't care. They don't care. They don't, they're not. Hey, Stern cares. <laughs> they, they, they care. It's just it's a big ship. There's a lot of people on board. A right. lot of people on board. No, it, and even when everyone says let's turn the ship, it might take a while, you know, because it's such a big deal going on. But man, I I know the powers that be. I know them personally, and they really do care. So for anyone listening who's wondering, like, do they care or not? Man, we do, and I do. I personally care I, about all the these last, guys. The last couple of weeks, I've just been laughing because on on the forums, I'd always hear like Stern doesn't care. Oh. Um, Andrew Highway, he cares about us. He communicates to us every week, and it's like. Stern gets your game in your living room. Stern picks up the phone if you have a problem. There is never, I've never, you know, you always hear those guys who like run to the forum if they have like a switch out and they go nuts and they're like, it's Sunday and Stern's not gotten back. It's, <laughs> everyone gets taken care of. Everyone. We have, we have a hotline. Right. Um, we have a hotline and we've had the same number since the 1990s. How cool is that? No, it's, look, I, when my, 100 kickers. When my Lord of the Rings, I had an Ellie, when it went down, you guys got me like a new board of a game that came out in 2008. It was... It Pat was... and Chaz are amazing. And if you guys ever go on the Stern Pinball Factory tour, or you're in town in Chicago and you uh, email tours at sternpinball.com to, to set up a, um, a tour time, which by the way, is something you can do, um, 
stop by, poke your head in uh, the Chaz and Pat section at the Lecce and look at their laboratory. And it is absolutely incredible. They've got the old Data East diagnostic machines. They've got the old Sega diagnostic machines, all the White Star stuff. Right. They've got pieces of boards and springs. And what they'll do is inside their little lab, they'll recreate problems that are being described to them over the phone or over email. And they'll, they'll basically re-engineer things. It's, it's just it's remarkable what, what they do. And man, they will talk to anyone. You can call these guys about a problem with your Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, and they right. won't be like, "Sorry, games no longer supported." They'll literally they'll spend time and help you out. Right. And 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 we pay for that. We you know you know um, Stern's committed to providing that to the community and has been for decades. You know, so you can't you can't say Stern doesn't care. You know when. And they keep two people online, um, you know, two people employed full time to just answer any old phone call and any old email from any person. Right. Uh, it's it's huge. Uh, it's it's huge. And so have you guys done market research, Jared, in terms of how many of your buyers are on Pinside and how many yeah. aren't? Yeah, we know the numbers. Is it I'm, – I'm assuming more are not on the forum. Um. <laughs> I don't know how or many active. I, I mean, I don't cause know. I feel like whenever I'm at people at shows and collectors, like, yeah, there's like a lot of, I'm always surprised because when you are on the forum so much, you just assume the whole world's on it. Right. <laughs> and right. then you, you go to shows and you know, I I've sold a couple games on eBay and guys will come up and they're like, I don't even know what pin side is. Some guy who bought my Batman from me. He's like, I don't sure. even know what code is. He, yeah, he would have had the game a, forever yeah, on you know, the basic code. There's, you know, 60 or 70 or 80% of the people who I just went 30%, but uh, <laughs> let's, let's say a whole lot of people who touch a pinball game, just think the point of the game is to keep the ball from going down the hole. Right. That's it. There's no code. There's no multi-ball. There's no wizard bow. There's no multipliers. There's just keep the ball from going down the hole. The end. That is all pinball is to millions of people. Okay. Right. So, so we got a long way to go. And so when you go all the way to something like pin side, which is like the, the creme de la creme of hardcore pinball people. These are people who literally want to read what other people are doing with pinball and see pictures and hear stories and, 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 and spend hours and hours of their day just immersed in the world of pinball. So these are like your super, super, super fans. And, and, and I think – I don't know how many Robin's got now. Is it 28 or 30,000 uh, registered members there. I mean, yeah, I'm sure there might even be more, but yeah, it's yeah, not that, as many are active, but that's, yeah. Well, and registered. that's, that, so that's the real question, you know? And so you got to say, here's the total amount of people who are registered. And then that's one number. Then how many people are active, like active lurkers, active readers, and then you, how many are active posters? And then you go all the way down to how many people post daily. And when you get all the way down to that, how many people make post daily, we're talking about in the hundreds, right? You know what I'm saying? And now, in terms of lurkers, readers, um, you know, there, there, there are certainly thousands, but in the terms of, uh, you know, pinball enthusiasts, um, like worldwide, there are tens of thousands. There are tens of thousands, and in terms of players, there are hundreds of thousands, if not even millions. So, so Pinside is, is, it's an interesting thing because it, it is no doubt the largest collection of pinball fanatics uh, on the internet in one place. Right. But it, it couldn't be begin to be um all of them or half of them you right. know what i'm saying it's what just are, a cross it's a vocal a very vocal cross section right and knowing knowing that to be true and stern has you know upwards of more than 90 percent of the pinball market and is not really actively on pin side talk to me about 
the future of Stern and Pinside? Do you see Stern coming back on in any capacity? Do you um, want that, them to you know, be back that, on? Is it too much work oh, to man. have to answer all these guys all the time? <laughs> it, it would be a full-time job. You know, I, you know, I've thought about that, you know, cause you know, um, uh, a young, a younger, uh, Jarrett, uh, two and a half years ago, I came into Stern from being a very active Pinside member. So I was someone who, you know, um, averaged somewhere between 15 and 30 posts a day. So I would have been in the top 100 or top 150 of active members, uh, on pin side. But today, uh, there's a lot of members who don't even remember me or know who I am because, you know, you disappear for a couple of years and people sort of forget or, or, or move on. Um, but I believed in it and it was something I wanted to embrace. And when I came in and I sort of brought that to the table, I'm like, Hey guys, we need to, you know, let's be on pin side. They're like, Whoa, hold your horses. <laughs> we, there's been a couple of rodeos you haven't rode in yet, partner. Let us talk to you, you know? And mm-hmm. when you hear about, the years and years of experience and all the different things that have happened and stories that happened well before I ever even bought my first pinball machine, you start to understand, uh, some of the position. And then it, and then it really kind of boiled down to one question is like, what do we have to lose? What do we have to gain? You know, like, you know, what does it, does it move the needle? So, you know, ultimately, uh, we decided to focus more on our own social media channels to really focus on uh, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and to, you know, to be great at those and to put a lot of information out there as, as much as we can and to commit to new things like live videos and tours and different cool stuff like that and really just sort of, you know, leave Pinside alone, you know. Right. So that's not to say that I don't I don't still read it as a guest. Um, I, I do log in and read um, strictly as a guest, but my, my main account, my, my Jared account, has long since been deactivated and you could go there now and verify it's been deactivated. So I'm not like logging in secretly and still, you know, sending messages right. to people. It's, it's completely deactivated. It's done. Uh, and I've, I've had lunch, uh, and breakfast with Robin and his brother. Um, uh, the nicest guys, nicest guys. And, uh, I know that you met them in Texas too, right? So, um, yeah. when, when they came here, uh, they got together, they stayed right down the street, um, from my house. So of course we got together and we had a lot of conversation, you know, a lot of conversation. And I, and I believe that they are trying their best um, to provide a great pinball community. But when, when when you have so many different people from so many different parts of the world with so many different opinions, and it's it's hard. It's a full-time job. So in terms of, like, stern interacting with Pinside and, like, you know, having, like, a duly appointed forum representative, right. um, that, that may or may not. But but right. couldn't you imagine that if such a thing existed, it would be almost a full time job? No, it it definitely would be, and I don't. I think it's it, it's an it's an it would be just an uphill battle for them to deal with the kinds of hyper users on there that just would be relentless in in yeah. in, in in poking them, right? So that's the thing. It's because when you're at the top, you know, you're just gonna take insult after insult. And I saw like this week. We have, I have to bring it up. So like. When Steve Ritchie says Pinside is a cancer, so there's obviously some. He, he said that. Yeah, there's where, where? Some, something like where? that. Like where? on, I think on Facebook where? or. Really? Said, yeah, and and look, take it's, a screenshot? Yeah, yeah, it's been passed around, and and people oh. have been discussing it on there, and it's one of those things where like, there are definitely cancerous people on Pinside, and we know mm-hmm. who they are, and um, and it's. You know, it's unfortunate that the entire community gets labeled by 
a very yeah. vocal minority. And I think that's what Steve was reacting to. Look, he's, you know, the guy's worked on the game for two years and, you know, Pinside pulls it apart on, on low res images. And I can understand, you know, I mean, he's very passionate about his product. Yeah. Um, and Stern's positioning, you know, I, the other, the other example that always came to mind is when Gary was really trying to help people out with when there was some Ghostbusters issues and people sure. would go on there and not even give Gary time to, to help. And he's getting right. like, slandered or 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 gary would help them and then and then they'd come on uh come online a week later and and throw them under the bus or or say something else right. uh terrible or, or or angry yeah you know i guess you know and, and and just to to touch on uh what steve ritchie said uh you know he's a legend uh, steve steve ritchie's paid his dues and um he's done the entire planet a favor uh, for working on the games that he's worked on and doing the things he's done, whether we're talking about Mortal Kombat um, or Atari or, or you know, uh, Williams and just all the different stuff he's done. He's amazing. Um, but uh, I, I think saying Pinside is a cancer, um, I, th I think a, a maybe a more accurate statement would be to say, you know, there are some elements of Pinside that are cancerous. Right. You know, I, I, it's not it's not I don't think it's accurate to label an entire community as one thing or the other it's a little more like society you know like people are mostly good but there's a couple of bad dudes you know right. and so and so you I, get some of that but but uh but he's you know he's free to have his opinion you know i think just because you work for stern um or any pinball manufacturer doesn't mean you should you know not get to have opinions but um you know obviously no, nobody wants to you know you don't want to make anyone upset about anything but but to kind of come around you know, in, in terms of the low res images, um, you know, all I can say to that is that we put out the high resolution images as soon as we were able. Right. That's all I can say about it. Yeah. No, look, it's the thing, too, is I always say this pin side is like a little bit of a pressure cooker environment where, like you were saying, the majority of the hyper users, they post not just hourly, like every minute. Like, I, I don't even understand like how <laughs> that's people an exaggeration. Have... Yeah, on, I don't... Every minute. 60 well, times 60 times an hour uh, well look there's some <laughs> the hyper users you look at the total number of posts and it's like thirty-five thousand, and it's okay so then you start to do the math and it's like these guys are literally at work though or doing what they do for a living and they're yeah. refreshing pages and threads every well, it's few they minutes. love it it's, they it's love it yeah it's, it's, it's their hobby they so, they're into it man so there's not i don't look i'm like i have to be on there to get my <laughs> are, yeah are you really show. you're the i mean you're you're so into it that you created a podcast so you can uh, talk about it even when you're not playing it. No, I, think exactly. you like, I think you like talking about pinball more than you like playing it. Of course. I don't, <laughs> I don't it's, you know, because it's free to do this. I have to go spend money and I got a broken magic girl. Like, I, I don't even have a pinball machine that works in my, in my home. Um, well, look, it's, it's, it's a topic that, you know, look, I, I always say this. There's not always enough new news every day to satiate the amount of conversation right. these people want to have so then the conversation about rumors rumors speculation and then it also becomes it's it's like it's more about like personality versus personality with the members on there right so half of the threads are just these two guys have been fighting for 10 years on inside and they both come into the star wars thread and are going to tell each other how they feel about not just yeah, the game yeah. but each other and that that's a lot of what you know it's like it's on it's like speaking, that on every forum speaking of pinside you're still perma banned from that website, right? Yeah, I actually had a lot of back and forth with Robin in email this week. That I, oh, this you know, week. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, and things looking good. No, like 
he oh, basically said you're we're never lifting the ban and and no. look oh never never say never well, Robin. Look, you look, know better than that and i told him i was Come like on, and, Rob. and we got we went back and forth in a pretty it got pretty like i, I got pretty angry because i said to him oh, look, well look i said look robin you asked me eight months ago to turn to turn the corner to, to make my podcast more positive right to stop the personal attacks and i did exactly that i mean that this podcast has done a 180 I've had great guests on here like George Gomez, Christopher Franchi, Zombie Yeti, Jersey Jack. The list goes on and on and on. And I think this podcast has really added a lot of value to the pinball world because we're chronicling. Uh, I would agree with that. Yeah, it's, it's, and, and I've changed. I mean, I, you know, I've stopped all that personal attacks. I've stopped the pin side baby stuff. I've stopped all that. And, so you and got it, mad and you buried yourself. Well, no. So what happened was this. I said, <laughs> look. I said, look. What happened? I said, I can't get more positive and I can't add more value than I'm, than I've currently been showing you over the last eight months. And I've done what you said. It's almost like when you tell a prisoner, if you want to be paroled, here's what you need to do. And you do it and you go before the parole board and they're like, reject it. At some point you just get fed up with being told, did you lose your temper? Well, what I did was this. I said, look, I just think it's, I think he's being unfair allowing, it's just, it's not even Rob and he, and it's, it's a few of the moderators that well, just won't let me, and they say this, we don't want to deal with the, the drama. And I'm like, fine. If, and I tell him if I came back on Pinside, I wouldn't be like stirring up drama on Pinside. Like I lit the, the main reasons I want to be back on are simple. I want to be back on to be able to communicate to individuals and have more guests come on the show sure. uh, because a lot of people, all I know are their avatars. I don't know who they are. Like I, I right. can't go invite them. Um, I also just, you know, sometimes I think, look, even if he doesn't let me back on, here's a middle ground that they just still won't do. You can't even mention my name on there. You can't. Okay. Link, so, you, you so that's my, my question podcast. is, uh, so is this podcast going to be linked on Pinside where they can listen to it? No, like you, People so even... so where do you, so where do your seventeen thousand listens come from? Right, isn't that incredible? Right, so we had seventeen thousand people where? Where listening. Where they come to... from? So when I How do they find me? So here's 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 what I'm proud of. When I got banned from Pinside, I thought, oh my god, like no one's gonna be able to, no one's gonna really listen to my show because there won't yeah. be a discussion happening on Pinside. Um, honestly, I think it's all word of mouth that my whole podcast i don't i don't even i have like a facebook page i don't even update i don't promote it anywhere i don't have t-shirts i don't even have a website <laughs> and you take out full page ads and uh pinball pinball well, I, uh... i've done that before <laughs> right i've done ads at different shows yeah um but for the just most to part be, just to be funny well you know how it is in the world of marketing and i believe this is like yeah. if you create something of value people will come and i think people enjoy this podcast for a few reasons it's timely I mean, I do too many probably. It gives you the news when you want it. And, and you know, we're honest, you know, and we have good interviews. We have great guests. And, and half of those great guests have been members from the Stern family. And, and, and my little begging of you, Jared, is like, let's get more great Stern people on because uh, uh, I think I'll, this I'll, is... Uh, we'll, see, we'll see what we can do. You know, yeah. I can't... You know, you know man, I'm not, I'm not in a position uh, now or... In, uh, you know, maybe in the future, I don't know, but I'm not in the position to direct or dictate that people are available for the show or not. Um, it's sort of, you know, it, it'd be really, you know, 
let me tell you something else I learned that is a little bit of uh, behind the curtain sort of secret that you may not know or be aware of sort of interesting. So you know how like some pinball shows will have a designer or an artist or someone from Stern there. Mm -hmm. And some of them will even have like many of them. And then some shows have none of them. Mm -hmm. So you might think that like Stern wanted George Gomez and Steve Ritchie and John Trudeau, whoever to go to this show, but not to the show, whatever the truth is. Stern completely stays out of that, and those show organizers reach out personally to those designers or those artists or those programmers or whomever, and they independently make arrangements to get them down to the show or whatever. It's completely on their own. So, so, so like when John Trudeau or George Gomez or John Borg or Dwight Sullivan or whoever is like at a, at a pinball show – it's because the organizer of that show reached out, accommodated them, made it happen. Yeah. Uh, you know, whatever the case is, however they negotiate. It's so so Stern's not saying you you can or cannot go to the show. These guys right. just go to the show. Right. You know? So 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 with that said, um, you know, now doing media interviews is a little different than going to a show, but these guys will go to the show and then do a panel. Right. They'll talk they'll talk for an hour. Right. And and you know, isn't this just really Sort of a version of the same thing. So yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, but but I, I would suspect that anyone at Stern before they went on any major podcast would have to get some sort of at least verbal approval or something before they would go. Right. Well, and and I think the reason why I like talking to George and 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 Zombie Yeti and the different individuals at Stern is you know people listen to the past interviews and they realize. You know, they all go well. There's never been, there's never been like a bad interview. No one's ever like walked off set or taken the mic off right. and been like, Canada, how could you ask me that? Like, oh. and it, they've always been good. And, but look, well, we it's, always... pinball. it's pinball here. It's pinball what we're talking about. You know, I think, I think people need to remember that. And, and I think the listener needs to remember that too, is that, you know, we're talking about pinball here. Right, this exactly. is something that was originally designed for, you know, teenagers and young adults, you know, to, you know, go out and hang out at the arcade on a Friday night and, and have fun and, and, uh, and play around. It's always been about fun. It's always been about entertainment. It's always been about, um, that sort of escape. So, you know, when you start taking it so seriously that it's like getting under your skin or keeping you up at night or making you sincerely angry, Man, I, and I don't care if it's from this forum or this Facebook page or whatever. Like you got to, you got to take a step back because pinball's not supposed to be a negative thing. Right. It's it never was never supposed to be about nasty stuff. But unfortunately, man, uh, a lot of people have lost a lot of money. And right. I'm not talking, I'm not talking about us. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, there's just been some negative stuff that has happened for a variety of reasons. For you know, whatever the case is, and and so people are upset and people people are on edge. And there, there is a whole drama element. It's so funny because you and I, like, we're in the pinball world, so we get it. And the listener listening, they, they're, they're probably in the pinball world too, so they get it. But guys, in the world outside of this bubble that we're in, people don't even know what the heck's going on. I know. Like, they don't even know what a plunger is or where the start button is or any of this. So you think that they're going to believe you when you say, and there's amazing drama that you wouldn't believe this, uh, what happened with this buyout and this merger and this, uh, and these investors, like they'd be like, what are you talking about? Exactly. Huh? Huh? Yeah, go tell I, someone like, that. I, I played Pac-Man once in 1988. I don't know what I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I know. Go tell someone like Highway Pinball is being trying to be refinanced, and like who who's Highway Pinball? Um, I think that's what makes most of the drama, though. And you're right, and I think it's also 
you know, if you're over at Stern and you're within the Stern company walls, you know, Stern has never not shipped someone a game they paid for. And the main drama, the main pain source that has infiltrated pinball has occurred over the last like five to six years. And it's the, the rise of the boutique company, right? And I want to talk a little bit, yeah. Jared, about Stern's yeah. sort of feelings about all these sort of other cr companies. Crowdfund crowdfunded pinball. Right. Who, who have really <laughs> sort of, I believe, tried to come out in these like blaze of glory ways and say like, yeah. we're going to make the best pinball machine and we have no understanding of how to make pinball, but, but F Stern, they're not doing it right. Here's our game. Here's our game. Here's our game. And year after year after year, we watch these companies fail. We watch their games struggle to launch and we watch buyers and consumers lose their love affair with pinball, which then hurts Stern. So like, what are your feelings about what the boutique hobby the boutique manufacturers well, have done to, to the I, pinball I, collecting world. I think it, I mean, listen to what you just said, boutique pinball manufacturer. I think the fact that there really is a, such a thing as that, and there's many of them, I think that just speaks to the, the excitement and the, and the momentum and the massive resurgence of uh, pinball popularity that's going on right now. And I like to think that Stern uh, is right in the middle of that. We're right, right. in the middle of that. Um, and, and not all of it, but a lot of that momentum and that excitement has been because of the games that have come out of Stern or because of different moves that they've made or, um, you know, I, th I think that competitive pinball is massive and, um, you, you might've seen a teaser even just today about the, uh, the, the, the Stern pinball pro circuit. Right. And, um, there's cool things on the horizon with competitive pinball. Um, guys like Robert Gagno have given like so much exposure for, for pinball. So, um, you know, the competitive side of it and, and the development of, you know, really complex and deep and satisfying code that, you know, games from the 90s couldn't even imagine. Uh, there's been a lot of things that have been pushing pinball forward. And out of that rises unparalleled demand that even exceeds the demand for our three titles a year to where now there's even there's even room for people to say, hey, let's start a pinball company. You know, and I think that's that's interesting. It's it's remarkable even that that such a thing's even possible. But um, somebody said, "What pinball? Pinball is hard, right?" right. And uh, it is, it is. It, even even for Stern, it is. You know, and 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 we have it. You know, we, we have our stuff together. Um, obviously, the best. So if, if anyone else is starting up or buying their first factory or you know grabbing an order of 10,000 nuts and 40,000 bulbs or whatever, man, that's, <laughs> right. that's gotta be crazy. And, um, you know, I don't want anybody just like you, for the reason you said, I don't want anyone making a pinball machine to fail. I don't think that, um, anyone inside the Stern organization wishes that. And you might think, well, how could you not? But no, really, we, we don't wish anyone to fail because, um, because a, a loss of one pinball manufacturer sort of has a ripple effect that could go all the way up to us. So you're so you're absolutely right that you know it is bad for pinball. It's bad for pinball when someone takes uh, millions of dollars out of the marketplace or sucks the enthusiasm or the momentum or the love of pinball out of people. And we've seen you know I've seen people that that said I'm out. I'm cashing out. I'm done. I'm selling all my games. This isn't worth it. Uh, you know, they took a, you know, $6,000 hit on the chin or, t or an $8,000 hit on the chin. Some people $15,000 hit on the chin. They said, 
I am done. Right. And they're gone. And they're gone, man. Now, thankfully, pinball is growing faster than it's going backwards. But still, I, I, I regret that. I regret that those that those people – and we weren't responsible for that. But, but just as a pinball enthusiast, I regret that that's the reality for some people, that they right. had to learn the lesson trying to support a, 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 someone who had the best of intentions. Do you think you know? people have learned the lesson of pre-ordering before a company has proven they can do it? I don't know. I mean, I mean, you hear a couple of times that, okay, guys, we we really learned our lesson this time. It's done. We're done. <laughs> yeah, we're never going. And, in, we're never following Kevin. Another Kevin Kulik. And there's just been two or three or four games now that have been announced or come out since then that absolutely people have uh, put money down on. And right. you know, it's it's sort of like. It's one of those things where like your parents tell you better and then you just go out and do it anyways. And you're like, my parents were right. I should have listened to them. Mm-hmm. You know, some, sometimes you just got to learn the lesson for yourself, I guess. But the pinball lesson, man, could be a thousand very, <laughs> a right. very expensive lesson. So, so um, Jared, I, I, re- I regret that. In, for those terms guys. Of, in terms of like cadence and you're saying demand is greater than Stern's three major titles a year. I think it is. Do you ever do you ever wonder like if games have long enough time to to stay in the spotlight? And I talk about this a lot on the show because I think a lot of my yeah. listeners are new in box buyers. And you know the guy who buys Batman, who's like still waiting for code to mature, he, that guy probably had Ghostbusters at you know. And by the time Ghostbusters had all the issues, Batman is on. And then by the time Batman is even just beginning to ship. Aerosmith is announced, and by the time Aerosmith is, everyone's really right. realizing it's a great game. Star Wars hype is taking over. You know, right. is well. Imagine if Star Wars was announced on May fourth, like everyone wanted it to be. Right. You know that would have been a approximately a month ago, and that would have sucked. You know that would have sucked uh, some uh, well deserved attention and momentum right out from me underneath Aerosmith. You know, and uh, and Aerosmith is a game that should have been out earlier. Um, but due to some uh, some logistic reasons, some other things in the factory, um, the 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 production of the game ended up getting pushed back. So you know the 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 game plan when we lay it out on paper, it all looks great, right? But then, like I told you, pinball's hard. So then <laughs> we lay out this perfect game plan, but then reality comes, and this doesn't work out right, or maybe this has a little error, or we have to send this back, or we're waiting on this piece or these parts or whatever the case is, and you know life happens. And now things aren't like we planned. And so they have to sort of adjust and, and, and go to plan B or call an audible and just right. sort of, you know, go with the flow. And, it, it, you, and then you finally, finally you put yourself in a, in a position where, you know, hey, if we don't make adjustments to this plan, uh, Aerosmith is only going to have, you know, a 60-day, 65-day rollout um, before Star Wars hits. Well, that's, right. that's not fair because right. Aerosmith is a great game. Right. It's a great, it's a great game. Seriously, ask anyone who plays it; they'll tell you it's a lot of fun. It's great. It shocks people, and pe- looking at it, you say, "Well, that layout's similar to this." But then you play, and you're like, "Well, pfft, that's com- it's it's amazing. It's completely different." So, um, the last thing you want to do is cast a gigantic shadow over a game that's not even out in the spotlight yet. Right. So they they try to make that, and and they're aware of that. They they know that. That's. That's a part of the reason, not the only reason, but part of the reason why Star Wars has come out when it when it did. So, you know, these games all do need time to shine. They all are, deserve time to shine. 
Um, but they try to basically more or less plus or minus block it out um, every four months. It, what's interesting, you know, when I try and compare a nut, like video games to pinball, mm-hmm. where video games, a lot like the movie industry, like we know what's coming out years in yep. advance. We and oh. even if things shift, like if if Grand like Grand Theft Auto, we know it's coming out. We know Red Dead's coming out. Yeah. Um, video game companies will also uh, allow people to see game like the development process as they get with you know within a year of launch, and they start to invite media to see. And pinball is like a, a tightly kept secret until yeah. right before launch, and it's just a yeah, but completely you know different why. way. I think you know why. I mean, well, it's the hype. It's like people's like. It's, it's you can it, control it's, that hype window so tightly. I I think it's because a console game is sixty dollars. I th- I think that you know a console buyer is saying, hey, I'm gonna buy this and this and this, and they have a collection of dozens or hundreds of games. Um, and I think that when you're talking about a six or an eight or a nine thousand dollar purchase, right. People plan those out, and they may only make one a year or one every two or three years, or sometimes once in a lifetime. You know, so, you know, people plan those out and, you know, if you had the luxury of knowing the next six titles we're going to make, right? Um, then you can lay all the cards out on the table and say, well, out of these six titles, I'm potentially interested in three, but this one I got to have. I'm the biggest fan of that one. And when you only have X amount of money to allocate to whichever game, you might end up deciding, hey, okay, I'm going to wait for game four. So I just saw the next six. But Game Four, that seems the coolest to me because I've got all their albums, or I've got all I've got every Blu-ray and box set of that. I'm the biggest fan. So you say I'm gonna wait for it. Well, we know since it's four games away that it's not gonna be out for another 16 months. So you're like, okay, that's my next game. Well, over the next 16 months, the AC goes out on your house, your your engine breaks on your car, you get catastrophic hail damage on your roof. There's a foundation leak. There's an unexpected whatever. Guess what? Your pinball money just went somewhere else. So life happens, and then now by the time game four comes out, your situation changes. You haven't ever buy it. You know, we we had a saying back in the car business, and that's where I really got my teeth uh, into marketing. Is I I was managing the marketing department of the nation's uh, largest Nissan dealership, nation world's sorry, the United States' largest Nissan dealership, and we said the best time to buy a car is today. And if you can't sell them a car today, sell them a car tomorrow. Right. Every day, today's the day. Today's I, the day. So, so, and Gary, you know, you can hear Gary will tell you this. You know, what's your favorite game, Gary? Whatever we're selling right now. Right. <laughs> so, right. I know, guess that and, makes and, more. But, I, but the I, more, like that, I like that mentality. Yeah. I, I admire that in him because I think that is the correct for for a businessman. That is the correct mentality to have. Is hey, we're right. whatever we're making. That's what that's what we're selling. Well, and I guess the the actually the the auto industry is actually much more of a good comparison to pinball because just like the auto world, like they don't tell us what hot next sports car is coming out until right before it's ready to go. Because to your point, like they don't want people buying today's car feeling that they have regret. They should have waited for the next model, even though we know it's coming, right? Everyone who sees star Wars, they know, and there's rumored titles of what's next in the lineup, whether it's guardians or this or that they, they know the rumors like they may or may not. Yeah, they may or may not come out, but everyone's aware that Stern's not going to stop at this game. This isn't going to be 
No, um, the there's always another title. game. You know, three and a half months. You're only ever four months away from the next title. So, talk to me about Star Wars when it's when stuff's actually shipping. So, um, yeah. So what we, I what I've heard what the most heard? recent numbers I've heard, these are direct from you know emails and information that's readily available. Um, I think that uh, LEs will be shipping sometime in July. So. I think I think you'll start seeing the first games, and I'm not sure what order it's going to be. If they're doing LEs first, and then pros, and then premiums, I know they always do premiums last. Um, but uh, I, I have a, a client here in Dallas, uh, really cool barcade called Cidercade. And um, you still with me? I can't hear you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Cidercade, um, they have 20, 20 pins on the floor, and God bless them for for operating that many games. And they said, hey, do we need to get the new Star Wars? I said, yeah. Yeah, he said, I think you should. They're like, well, should we get Pro Premium or LE? I said, well, you should, you should probably just get a Pro, you know, because people are going to beat on it and whatever. It's like, well, doesn't the Premium have more features? I said, yeah, yeah, it does. But, I mean, but people are coming here to drink alcohol and just, you know, wa- you know walk around and have a good time. The, pro, the Pro's fine. It's plenty of game. And they're like, well, which one gets to us first? And so they called the distributor here in Dallas, and the distributor said, well, if – Actually, of all the three, you'll get an LE first. If you you get an LE sometime in the early to the middle part of July, and they said, "Well, we want the game first, so we'll just pay the difference." <laughs> right. And and for that reason alone, that they can get the game in July and not maybe August or September, that's why they bought the LE, which I thought was hilarious that they were, yeah, you know, dedicated the, the, to getting. Yeah, the, di- the yeah the difference in price is nothing to them, um, right. because they're they're all about having the latest and greatest. And and let me tell you, if you think a Stern game's expensive, you should check out a game from Raw Thrills. <laughs> Real, how much? Are, they're like well, well, I, I don't, and I'm not throwing shade on them because I, lo- I love those guys. They're in fact they're they're good friends. But you know, I think a Cruise and Blast is what like fifteen thousand dollars or twenty thousand dollars or something. Wow. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, you know, maybe maybe I had to double check that. But it's a ton, a ton of money. I mean, I, I had a, I have a Guitar Hero arcade in my garage. And uh, and I was just looking at parts just out of curiosity. And the replacement guitar, one of the two guitars, um, direct from their parts company, is like seven hundred and eighty dollars. Oh my god! A little plastic guitar. You could buy a PlayStation Three with Guitar Hero Three with two guitars and a sixty-inch LCD 4K plasma TV for less than that. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I was. I, I had a pipe dream because I was so excited when I saw they're bringing back Daytona USA, the Isn't the Sega. Yeah, I was like, I'm gonna buy these, and then they're like, they're probably gonna right. be like eight grand each, like maybe ten grand each. I'm like, yeah. you can't just buy one; you need at least like two or to four. Well, and, like, and, and, and the reason they cost so much money is because they pay for themselves. Oh yeah, you know, so they're, they're not know, meant like a, to be in I, your living. I think a Star room. Wars. I think a Star Wars Battle Pod. I don't know if you ever saw those at Dave oh, Buster's yeah, yeah. or something, uh, but I think a Star Wars Battle Pod is like either twenty five or twenty eight thousand. Yeah, they're thirty, like around thirty grand. New. Right, exactly, exactly. So, you know, and it was funny because at an auction somewhere in six years in the future, someone will be trying to get eight hundred bucks for it. <laughs> well, I just my friend just got one. He paid sixteen thousand for it, and you know, it's funny too because like these guys who it's cool. buy them it's for their big. homes, they they plummet in value because to your point, those things are designed to just sit in a big restaurant or bar and just have people pump. You know, Dave and Buster is just constantly people pumping in like two dollars a play three dollars a play um i just i just got ghost squad today and i don't know if you know remember ghost squad is one of the one of the first games to have uh like a full-size rifle light gun and it has like the coil inside of it that rattles your whole body when you're shaking it it's like you know and uh this game must have been ten or fifteen thousand dollars when it was new and this bowling alley owner here in town says listen 
I want this game out. Uh, and if someone doesn't come and pick it up by Friday, it's going in the dumpster. <laughs> and the game's fully functional, fully right. functional. It's, go- it's gorgeous. But it's just big. It takes up a lot of space. And he doesn't care. So he would rather throw it away right. than do something with it because throwing it away is faster and easier. So I had to go and you know do a rescue mission to, to, to save this arcade today. But that's – you know, just just to turn it back around, I think we got a little bit. Uh, uh, what were we talking about? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, my our listeners are like, wait, they're talking about arcades and game room stuff now. Yeah, we, I'm we're so off sorry. pinball. So let's bring back the pinball. So in terms of cadence, yes. um, wh- when so Star Wars LE shipping sometime yes. July, then we'll follow yep. up with premiums probably yep. like August September. Um, is That's starting- what I heard. Is Stern planning to go next title at Expo? I mean, Expo is usually the time when Stern does start to pull the curtain off of the next title. Yeah, you know, I haven't. I'll be honest with you. Um, I don't know if we just ha- we just hadn't got around to talking about that yet or or whatever. So I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure the of the exact timeline. You know, and I've got it's gotten to the point now where, you know, I st- I just sort of take any timelines with a grain of salt because there hasn't been a title yet that hasn't switched something than what we originally said. So thank goodness all these conversations happen, you know, uh, privately. So when something switches, only us and me and six other people or 10 other people know about it. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that's how another many, reason That's another games... reason why we shouldn't publish our titles two years in advance because we'd be like, you know, summer of 2019, get ready for blah, blah, right. blah. And then summer 19 comes and we're like, whoops. Yeah. <laughs> No, yeah. so it, it's safer to not say anything until we're ready. That way, we're always on time. What? Let's talk about. I know. I I told you I was going to bring this up. So I was at I was at Expo last year. Yep. And Jared's epic party. Um, let Let's talk a little about like when you're trying to sort of like what's Stern's sort of marketing strategy around Expo, right? Because Expo has a show, and I think. Wait, this last is not, year was not Jared's epic party. That was Stern's epic party. Stern's epic. Yes. The word, I feel like you own the word epic. You should like trademark it though. Like whenever I, I would see that to. word. <laughs> yeah, well, so Stern to. had the epic party. Um, yeah. Expo is as a show and, and it's been going like south for a while. Right. And, and people have been saying, uh, yeah, like, I, I didn't say, I'm not saying I'm that. saying it. I'm saying it. And it's not just me saying it, but like the thing is, this is like Chicago is like Stern's hometown. Um, yeah. You know, do, do we see Stern like – Why does he Stern just do a show? Why don't they just do a show? Like why don't they just like <laughs> knock it out of the park? Um, yeah. They could even like – I guess like the only thing is like we still want to see what other manufacturers have, have going on. But I think you know, to your point, it would even benefit Stern to, to have pe- everyone just show what's going on but Stern host it, right? I mean you 90% of the market plus. We could have pro tickets, premium tickets, and, and a reflective <laughs> limited ticket. edition ticket. We oh, could. That's funny. <laughs> um, no, I just uh, no, and you know, I think Expo, you know, Expo has been around for what is it, thirty years now? You yeah, know, it's I don't it's know. it's. I mean, it's I've only been following for like three. <laughs> a long time, a long time. You know, and uh, you know those guys um, who 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 put on the show, you know, Mike Mike Pasek and uh, and and his partner, um, you know, they're they're good guys, they're pinball guys. So I don't think that Stern is in a position. Um, that we want to, you know, take over anything. Um, so I think Expo needs to be Expo, and they're going to continue doing their thing, and and uh, and will continue to participate, as far as I know. Now, but right. let me also say, just completely separate, it's completely possible that in the town of Chicago, in the in this in the the pinball city, that Stern, the world's largest manufacturer of arcade quality pinball machines, decides one day to do their own 
two-day or three-day event that's in a similar style to other pinball events that you see and know and love around the country. Right. But it would not be in place of or instead of Expo, to my gotcha. knowledge. Gotcha. Um, and nor and nor will I say that those plans are necessarily seriously being considered or thought out. Um, I'm just simply saying that it would make sense for the world's largest pinball manufacturer to maybe also host the world's largest pinball convention. Yeah, it seems to, you know? it seems to make sense. I'll give you some advice, though, and suggestions. If they do a party, if you throw oh. a party for yourself, go ahead. don't make people pay for the drinks. <laughs> and and um, don't make people pay to get in. It's your birthday party. And... Uh, what else I want to say? Have pinball there. Would would you pull people from a pinball wow. show to come to wow. a party? And there's not many machines. Hey, um, there was a few. There's a few. I mean, but come on, there could. I mean, but, was, but but right down the. It, listen, there's a hundred games right down the street. If you wanted to play a hundred games, you could stay at the hotel. Why, why are you going to come to a party and keep playing pinball down the street from where you were just you playing met pinball? the people who go to these these conventions, Jared? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, well, maybe we need to, you know, get them socialized and be like, hey, guys, listen, look, it's a musician. You should, you can stop and listen to him for a few hours without refreshing your phones and looking at the latest threat. You know, I, right. I mean, uh, absolutely. You know, I think Viper Alley was great. Um, that venue was cool. We had a lot of fun there. Uh, Ernie Hudson was was wonderful. Zombie Eddie's wonderful. Um, uh, Ed Robertson, of course, a great friend, wonderful. Um, I'm I'm happy with that event and the in the way that it went that it went down. Um, but, you know, in terms of, you know, you know, hey, you know, Stern, pay for more stuff. You know, that's <laughs> that's something that we hear all the time. Right. But uh, I don't <laughs> buy me I don't, a beer, Gary. Yeah. Buy me a beer. <laughs> buy me a beer and put a shaker motor in my, in my machine. But, um, you know, I I I, I hear your criticism. Uh, I don't want to just, you know, put our fingers in our ears and say we were perfect. And anyone who thinks otherwise is wrong. That's not true. We definitely could have done a lot of things better. Um, I take the criticism seriously. Um, and should we do a party to that scale or in that nature before, I'll absolutely take um, a lot of the constructive feedback that I've heard from a lot of people into account. And we'll make sure that the next one's way better uh, than this last one was. But it was a special occasion. It was just, you know, celebrating 30 years. Right. And I, I don't foresee that a party like that happening again anytime soon. Yeah, in marketing, it's like thirty-five and forty are next. No one ever does the right. off the off years. No. Um, well, let's no. talk. We talk a little bit about, and this is something we talk about offline, is how Jersey Jack is good for Stern, right? And how competition is important in any category um, for manufacturers of entertainment to continue to up yeah. their product, right? And 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 Jack came onto the scene, and Jack has. You know, long history with Gary and with Stern and and Jersey Jack has, you know, I think been humbled in in the process of making games. And I think when Jack came out, it was a lot of like, you know, a lot of people come out with that F, F Stern, we're going to do it better. And then they realize like actually how hard it is when they go to do it. But how much has Jersey Jack had an impact on you in, in terms of like marketing your games and also just Stern continuing to increase the quality of their games and pushing them to create those world under glasses that everyone is looking for with these hot, cause these games are now like, you know, high priced items. These are no longer. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, you know, unfortunately for this question, uh, Chris, you know, I, I really, I think this is more of a George Gomez question again. You know, I think, right. I think that, you know, you know, how has that changed? You know, so much of those questions are just so personal in terms of the mechanics of the business and, and how it's arranged and why and, 
you know, uh, I'm a contractor. Um, I only know so much, so I can't, I can't, I can't say anything other than sort of speaking in the hypotheticals, um, because I'm just guessing. So, but what I will say, um, and I guess if, if there's a way to say that this is just personally speaking, um, I do think Jack being around is, is good for pinball. Um, and, uh, and he's always been very kind to me, uh, in public, you know, he, he knows who I am. And, you know, I've seen, seen or run into Jack at Texas and at Chicago and, uh, and, and New England and uh, a bunch of different places I run into him. Uh, and he's always been very professional, very kind. So right. um, I've got no, no problem, no problem at all uh, with him. Well, now, and, now, so yeah, whatever I'm, anyone else has, I, I don't know. I can't speak to that. You know? well, what we but I think that more pinball is good for pinball. And more people who actually announce a game, build a game, and ship a game that's good for pinball because right. you know the the word pinball is not something that Stern gets to own. It's something that that we're stewards of, and I think we're very proud stewards of of that. But we don't get to own pinball. Pinball was around even before Stern was, so right now we're like the major stewards of it. But we're not the only ones either. So whoever takes money from someone and builds a game and ships it and then stands by that product. Man, that's that's they're they're a part of Team Pinball, and right. that's that it, it, we're all sort of whether we like it or not, we are all collectively pushing pinball forward and keeping pinball alive and and making a generation of new players emotionally invested into this game, so that way it can live on and people, you know, like my daughter, will grow up and have brand new pinball machines to play when she's when she's old enough, you right. know. So that's no, think- you know, and I think anyone pushes that forward. That, that's 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 someone who's cool, and I respect right. that. Completely that's agree. That's Com- just oh, me, I co- man. Yeah, and I, I completely agree. I think all, all competition is healthy. It's good. I think more pinball going out there is good. I also think, you know, there's there's so much room for these collectors to get both company games and and enjoy them both. And look, let's. I mean, just be honest. I mean, the the cadence of Stern games doesn't stop. It's like you guys are a well-oiled machine. They can't. Three, they can't stop. No, three, four games a year. There's room for both companies to survive, and both companies have a different approach. Let me throw a marketing sort of question at you. What would you do if I – because you're a man who knows how to control the crowd, how to get people hyped, how to get people to buy tickets for Nerf battles, how to get barbecue sauce back. Um, How would you market the current situation at Highway Pinball? What would you do if the investors said, Jarrett, you're our guy. Help us get people back on board. Was that an accent? Um, I think it was yeah. some sort of accent. <laughs> that, that's yeah. my Swedish, my sweet, my combination Swedish and German accent I think, combined. Man, uh, you know, and that's a that's a fun question, isn't it? But I just, you know, I, I am keeping an eye on what's going on, just because, and it's that was not because of some directive. Um, I'm keeping an eye on what's going on, just out of pure curiosity of what's going on in the world of pinball. Um, and I think it is an interesting and unique situation what's going on. Um, but man, um, you know, I, I just I don't want to comment on that actually. You know, I, I've all my mental capacity and all my all my creative juices in, in regards to pinball is all about, you know, bettering the Stern brand and pushing the Stern brand and, you know, making Stern Pinball the best. So I don't I just don't I'm all out of creative juice when yeah, it comes fair. to other Look, pinball. I, mean, I, I would it I think that's a great answer because I honestly, if they asked me to, to help them with my marketing skills to turn the ship, I'd be like, I don't want this job. So, I'll, you know, so it's uh, 
it's a it's a fair yeah, there, answer. There's a saying. There's a there's a there's a saying, and I like it. They said everyone with a check is not your customer. Right. So well, you know, just because someone can hire you, just so someone could pay you, that doesn't mean you should take it. You know, and in terms of contractors, you know, my team and I, and there are there are more than me. I have uh, my, my my business partner Pedro and uh, my right hand Jessica. Um, and neither one of those two work on the Stern account. I handle that exclusively. Um, but I have a team, and we get approached all the time from from all spades of business that you would imagine, and we turn a lot of them down because there's just too much heat, or it's just uh, you know too much bad PR. They've dug themselves in the hole, or or whatever the case is. And you know, in terms of you know doing business with people, I'm interested in doing business with people who are on uh, the up and up who are have a good track record, who are committed to customer service. And I'm not saying that Highway or their new investors aren't. I'm just saying that I, I have the luxury of picking and choosing who I work with. So I pick I deliberately pick clients that give me the best odds of uh, being professional. So so um, you know yeah, if, if someone came came to me then they're like, hey, we've got a little bit of a forest fire. We're looking for we're looking for, you know, park rangers and firefighters. You know, I'm like, ah, I'm gonna stay home. Right. Well <laughs> That's no, I mean, I mean, that's 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 really in, in the world of marketing too. It's a luxury to be able to pick your clients and go, and yeah. and look. It I work at, in a big agency, so a lot of times, like I don't get to pick. Like it's like, hey, these guys have a ten million dollar budget. You're working on that, and I'm like, all right. Oh, I mean, my, one of my old agencies, we did the PR for for Russia and Putin, and we. I'm like, guys, like this is like bad. Like we shouldn't be helping this guy get pressed. We what? got him on the cover of Time magazine. Well, cause, cause then he like you poisoned every. Well, our agency did that, and then when it's when you. he like poisoned all of his, uh, you know, sort of like uh, detractors, our the agency got dragged into all those stories, being like, yep. these guys are doing PR for the devil, kind of stuff. Like, and it's like, them. yeah, well, I thought I was like, guys, come on, this is like, um. Well, look, aren't you Jared, the guy who put the word America on the side of the Budweiser can? Ameri- well, that was it wasn't my idea, but we, yeah, we brought that to market, and that was awesome. I mean, look, that was hey, way to was, go, golf, golf clap on that one, my friend. Yeah, it was great. I, think I mean, having an ice cold glass of America—that's a good idea. It's drink it up, drink it up. Um, <laughs> well, Jared, here's the thing: I we're we're a little <laughs> over the hour. I really appreciate you coming but on. It's fun though. You know, I know that you and look, we talk all the time, and and. I know that you're in a really interesting situation because when you go from being a fan of a hobby to having a position with a company, yeah, it, um, changes. it changes the game. And yeah, of course. Y- you've been very professional. I think you're very nice. I think everyone who's ever met you, I think you are um, an advocate for pinball, an advocate for Thank Stern. You. And that customer service goes a really, really long way. And th- there's that human connection that... I think alleviates a lot of like the drama and the angst. Like no one's going to tell Steve Ritchie to his face, like anything negative. They're going to shake hands and they're going to thank him for, for making so many great pinball machines over the years. And, yeah. and I think the more Stern can utilize your ability to sort of give transparency and, and create great content for, for such a fun topic like pinball, the more people are just going to be excited about, the games, the company, and what's coming down the line from Stern. So we appreciate that you are opening up the organization to. Well, I'm, the try, world I'm of trying. I'm trying. You know, and I, I'm. Thank you for for saying that. Thank you for recognizing. Um, but you know, I'm not. I'm not the only one. You know, there's there's a big team. There's a lot of people who care about the customers, and a lot of people who never get, 
you know, any credit at all. Uh, you know, a lot of ladies in the office, a lot of guys in ordering, a lot of guys back in production, uh, and the in the production team. Uh, I've been back into that secret door that's uh, off there in the where where they're actually designing the games. And there's maybe two or three times more people in there than you'd expect. And you don't know their first and last names, but they're helping just as much on these games, uh, coding dots and making things and just working so hard. And so there's just – that's one cool thing that I've learned coming into Stern from a collector's point of view and down into the – now being on the business side is that there are hundreds and hundreds of people working uh, weekly to make these products, and they all really sincerely care about making a great pinball product and making the best they can in the circumstances that they're given with the materials that they're given. Um, and so, you know, some some of the negativity stings, but they push on anyways, and they push on for the greater good. And I, I'm so thankful. And it sucks to have, you know, maybe stepped away from some of my ability to get in there and, you know, be a super active, visible member of the pinball community. But I think I'm helping in a different way now. Um, by being in the role that I'm in and, and I'm, and I'm really proud and happy, of course, to have been given the opportunity that I was given, um, something that I take, uh, really seriously. Um, but, but if, you know, if I had one wish, it would of course be that we could be, um, even more open and communicate even more. And I think slowly and surely, uh, we're getting there. And I think that as time goes on, um, we'll see more of this kind of thing and not just from me, just from, from everybody. And, you know, and I think I speak for everyone in the Stern organization when I say that we, we're very thankful for all of our customers, very sincerely thankful for our customers. Um, and we're, we're, we're working to improve um, in, in all manners and aspects, whether it's code or game design or shipping or um, communications or, uh, you know, everything. And so right. my, my little piece of that pie is the social media side of it. And believe me, they're committed to improving there too. And as long as they'll have me, I'll be right here trudging along and, and working with them. So um, thanks for having me on the show. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to talk to everybody. And, you know, I'm, I'm only a Facebook message away, you know. So so for anyone who's not banned, <laughs> right. you, can, and, uh, you can send me a Facebook message and to Jared, the Stern, Stern page. Or, or you can hit, hit up my personal page. It's fine. Spell out your last name. So it's Jared and then your last name. So it's people. Who- so it's G. U Y N E S. I'm very easy to find on Facebook because I actually have a blue check mark next to my name. Very easy to find. Right. Just be careful, people, though, because when you friend Jared, you're going to get content times Ted. Like, Jared's going live all the time, but it's all good stuff. I love having Jared yeah. come up in my feed like all day long with like fun stuff. I never know I do, what he's going to hit with. I do, I do do a lot of content. I'm a hyper user, so. You know, I, I post on average, you know, three three to six times a day. So that's that's heavy in, in the Facebook world. But I go out of my way to make sure that my my content is entertaining or informative or engaging or or fun. And I definitely try to keep away from drama and negativity or anything that's going to you know, I try to try to provide value because, you know, when you when you're lucky enough to take up a little bit of somebody's newsfeed on Facebook, that's that's space that you shouldn't take for granted. I think you should provide value with that. So I try. Well said. Well said. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Jarrett from Stern, um, improving and, and getting the word out about their, I don't even, not even the word improving, but helping us sort of see more and learn more about Stern through social media. Um, I know Jared's really excited about what the future has, has in store with Stern. And I don't know what the future titles are as much as I talk to Jared all the time. He no, won't tell he me. So I no, dream at night about what they could be. Um, but Maybe something cool. I, 
I know that you're excited. I know that the future for Stern looks really exciting. And you, you just keep yeah. telling me, Jared's like, you haven't seen anything yet. And like, that's all he has that's to right. tell me for me to be like, oh man, <laughs> like, but well, I'm in on Star guy Wars. Should say that. Whatever's right. next is, is going to be even better. You just wait. <laughs> I know. I'm like, well, I'm in on Star Wars. I, I, I sent my deposits in today for, uh, for congratulations, two Star Wars man. LEs. Thank you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, two. Why did you two. get two? How do you get one two? To well, keep, one, to, one to keep one and one to me, flip? Well, the deal was one for me, one for my brother. I'm seeing if he wants it or not. Um, and we'll see. Maybe I'll flip one. Maybe I won't. We'll see. I'm a little bit of an opportunistic, but like everyone's happy in the end of my deal. Capitalism, Everyone, baby. I, you got it. You got to. You got to. Um, well, Jared, thank you for taking the time. Um, we'll Thanks, do this man. again soon. And cool. and yeah, we'd, we'd love to have anyone and everyone at Stern. I would actually like to talk to some of you and those people who don't get the recognition, who are behind the scenes. That So, you know, Jared, give some thought to some of those individuals who, who may, you know, well, make for a really not, good story. Not everyone, there's a lot that come to mind when you say that. There's a lot that come to mind. But, but, but be mindful of this. Not everyone's comfortable talking in front of a microphone. Not everyone's yeah. comfortable fielding questions. Um, and some people, you know, they'll talk your ear off, you know, off camera and you're like, okay, and what's like your live. statement? And you, yeah, you go live <laughs> and they see the red dot and they, man, they, they turn into a deer in headlights. So as much as I'd love to be like, interview everybody, I don't think everybody is interviewable because just some people just well, don't have the that's temperament why, for it. That's why I'm going to leave it to you to help me find some of those people. All right. Well, here's we'll the see. thing. We'll um, we'll say good night. We'll say Jared, um, thank you, and we'll say yep. everyone, you're gonna get to play Star Wars soon. Settle down, play it. Keep on, keep on <laughs> flipping, and remember to always stay tuned. Oh, okay, all right. Well, Jared, have a great night. Thank you again for being a guest of Canada's Pinball Podcast. Okay, thanks, man. I appreciate it. All right, bye bye. Go ninja, go ninja, go, go ninja, go ninja, go, go ninja, go ninja, go, 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 go.